0: Hale Varsity Radio Saturday morning show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz.
1: Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide.
2: And Mark Cranek. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me.
0: Welcome to it, weekend editions here at Hale Varsity. We're powered by... Cornhead Logger, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and Elijah Herbal. As we get you going this Saturday morning, we'll get starting five. Our roll call and shout outs going on here in a little bit. And
2: morning, fellas. How we doing? Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. That was great timing, too, by the way. On the intro, my name's on there. How old is that intro, by the way? We've had that thing for... Since 2009...
0: No, it's 2000, 2011 2011. I'm surprised the tape isn't
2: all warped. You
0: yeah, know? It, it's, it's, <laughs> I know it's
1: from way pre-me, um, but as soon as this this Saturday show became an online streaming-only show, it became a case of me looking at that intro and going, I guess it works. Like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But as soon as my name came on, you put me on the screen. That was pretty incredible. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the show. Yeah, as it's soon like, as you, it was in like, Mark
1: Cranach, like uh, Pops Mark Cranach.
2: Yeah, it like summoned me. That I was think we crazy. do
1: that more. Maybe that's how we should start the show every single week, where you and Schmidty are both sitting in the green room, and it's just me. And then as soon as your your names are called, we add you to the stream. Could be kind of cool. Could be a lot all of work right. for very little payoff, but could be cool, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> it would be amusing for all of like four seconds, so it's probably yeah. worth it. Uh, Eric, look at Eric. By the way, NASCAR yeah. Eric, brother, chiming in already. He's like, "Look, they beat their guest today." Oh, huh. meaning we'll, we're not? We'll take it. That's... That hasn't happened. So, yet. Like Brandon uh, hasn't beat us.
1: Brandon pretty much beat last us last week. week. Yeah. Be all of us? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, we had some issues with the computer last week, and I'm sure the people at home don't want to hear anything else about this. Oh, let wow. Me, let me
0: introduce the new member. What? Hold the, on, Chris the, has a new the, dog. If if people this are this was my this was my birthday gift, uh, apparently. When was and your birthday? I she, didn't
2: even know it was your birthday. Two,
0: two Saturdays ago, the seventeenth. Ouch! Little shit. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> Listen <laughs> to the language. Yeah, Chris turned sixty, and he just starts getting pissed off at anything and this swearing is, like a sailor. Ster- this is Sterling.
1: This <laughs> is biting oh. on you. <laughs>
2: All right, her Dizzle chimes in on the stream. Odds on why the boys are late today: Elijah overslept, minus one hundred and fifty. <laughs> Computer issues, minus two hundred and twenty-five.
0: Other, plus one hundred and ten. <laughs> I <mean, it's> <laughs> we did the uh, the semifinal last night for the uh, Class A girls state title game. Mark Kranick's Bellevue West T-Birds mm. back in the championship game against Lincoln Southwest, and let's go. Our dear friend, uh, Coach Tim Berta, they just played a heck of a game and uh, not enough It's Cranax T-Birds back in the title game for the first time since
2: uh, 2014, man. We do things differently there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the WS, it's just mm. like there's a legacy. You know what you're signing up for. And, uh, you know. Proud of the group. Didn't even know they were in it, to be honest. I haven't no, you're, 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 I have you're no busy. idea what's going on in state high school basketball right now.
0: You have travel, volleyball, you have baseball, you're <clears throat> doing all that stuff. So, now it, it's been a, a busy spring, but it's been a quiet spring aside from Chasing Three, right? That's the look see into Nebraska football with the documentary Yep. Uh, feature that they do. The word today has been playoff expansion. That's dominated the week of college football. Uh, Not only playoff expansion, but automatic qualifiers. And I don't really have an issue with it, with the SEC and the Big Ten. If you're the Big 12 and the ACC, sure, you can be ticked off a little bit. But hey, the folks that drive the bus and the money, Big Ten and SEC, either join them or deal with the leftovers that's some people's take. Husker basketball just reverting back to some of their bad habits against Ohio State. They had a shot to, to kind of seal the deal for an NCAA tournament berth, we believe. And uh, also, uh, when we talked p- conference expansion, a couple of different you know, prominent media members nationally came out this week with Notre Dame to the Big Ten. And mm-hmm. the funny name we heard was – a and M to the Big Ten yeah. with Nebraska. Kranak, I want to get your thought on it. Elijah and I beat it up. We talked to some other folks about it. And it sounds well, crazy because of what you what you make in the SEC, but it's comparable to what you'd get in the Big well, Ten. Well, it, I don't I don't know what it's gonna cost you to pay that buyout uh in, in the SEC, but they hate Texas. We know that's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A&M right. hates Texas. Well, I think the, the question we have to ask ourselves here, whenever you look at this Texas A&M really everything this week, like, what did you just lay out? You laid out three stories that I guess are there, but they aren't really all that compelling. Like, Husker basketball has got a couple of games left, and as long as they don't screw it up, you're in. Playoff expansion, well, it just, it just expanded. We haven't even seen a 12-team playoff. Conference expansion with AM and Notre Dame. The question to me right now with this story is, is there smoke to this? Is there legs to this? Or is it just that point in the offseason now where the talking heads of college football, us included, just need to find something to talk about? Like, how how real is this story? Or is it just whenever you reach early March, I guess late February into early March, do you just need something to talk about?
2: Yeah, you do wonder a little about that. But if you're the Big 12, if you're the AC, I mean, look, the right everybody knows. The, the writing's on the wall. Everybody knows what's happening. It's a matter of time. Yeah, it's just it, everybody knows that. Damn it, it's really going to be those two in the driver's seats. Like, yeah, and they kind of already are. So, if you if you want to be like part of that, then do it. We can relate with a And M. Nebraska can relate with a And M. Texas just operates differently. Uh, you know, they they know they're the most valuable number one brand in in college sports, and they act like it. You know, you, know, you kind of can't blame them in some ways. Uh, but if you are AM, making a little, making a little skip over to the Big Ten wouldn't be, it's, it's not, a, it, like, what a good position they can be in where they can kind of choose potentially between those two, you know. And I wonder if there would even be more of that. I wonder if there would even be more of that cross-pollination SEC Big Ten stuff over time. I think. Over time. I think you're going to
0: have this gentleman's agreement between the SEC and the Big Ten where you're not going to raid each other's conference for, for one supreme being. You can both work together. You've got the TV expertise with Petiti. You've got the regional worship with the SEC. you got the national brand of the Big Ten. You two can kind of rule the college football world together. And pick and choose how it wants to go. You got the AFC, you got the NFC, yeah. and from a TV standpoint, you're gonna you bet your money that Petiti's gonna set up four divisions in the S in the Big Ten. The SEC will follow suit. It's gonna jump to 20 or 24. So you have four divisions, and then you're gonna have your conference semifinal, and then you're gonna have your conference championship game. And by the way, you'll still get four teams. You'll still make the playoffs. Um, So away you go. And how can you just dictate and dominate most money, most eyeballs, and how this thing shakes out? we got to figure out who's going to be calling the shots because the NCAA and their committee on infractions said uncle yesterday when it came to dealing with NIL, and third base uh, problems and issues they've had with some of the companies that are that are in charge of NIL in their relationship during recruiting and getting athletes to uh, to campus so i mean it's it's about to, to settle and uh, be a thing they're just working a few kinks out the big thing for nebraska though is to to be relevant <laughs> I mean the 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 uh, the fire code is about to be challenged here with X number of teams that are in the party. Make sure you're still in that room, and they are because they're in the Big Ten. But now, yeah. from a competition standpoint, step your game up.
2: Yeah, well, it seems like they're working on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems, it seems so. like seems like Nebraska's made uh, made some of the right moves to do that, and we'll see if it actually equates. But. You know, you got to be somewhat bullish on what on what rule and and company have cooking right now. Um, I know we've been saying that, Chris. I'm very mindful that we have been saying essentially that same thing for each new coach that walks in the door and fixes the the wrongs. Of that's the prior that's a, administration. that's a weird, that's an us problem. Yeah. We've been yeah. doing this long enough that we have seen from Solich to
0: <laughs> to rule.
2: <laughs> yeah, we kind of have to. I think we have to start going with our instinct a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we got to start going with like, like when Riley was named, that didn't feel good. Right. On, on well, day was one. Just, what the hell is this? Yeah. And then we had to talk ourselves into it. It's like, you know what? This is probably going to work That like, He's a nice guy. Nebraska's nice. He's, he's nice. Won Nebraska's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were nine and
1: four. In, like, is there not like, the moment I remember exactly where I was when the Mike Riley hire was announced. I know exactly he, where I was. It's one of those moments. People say that about like tragic world events I remember where I was when Mike Riley got fired. I was on my way back to Lincoln. You got Southeast. fired or hired? Sorry, hired. He was back. I was on my way back from the dentist to Lincoln Southeast in the middle of the day. And I stopped and was like, you know what? If I went to the dentist, I'm going to get the, my money's worth out of it. And I stopped for some Chinese food on the way back to Southeast. And I checked my phone. I get to the Chinese place and bang, Mike Riley got hired. They say, who the hell is this guy? Um, yeah, that was a late Sunday. What the hell? Yeah.
2: I was at a I was at a conference in Santa Clara, California, and I was just like looking around, just like does anybody else did in you- here care about what is happening here? And no one did. <laughs> and, um, did you like, in a, Were you breathing in a bag? My one other boy from Omaha, there, I was like, dude, look at this. What, what? He's like, who's that? I'm like, exactly, Oregon State, Brandon. Do you know where you were? Brandon Vogel joins us, by the way um counter read counter which we which we sometimes forget that this is an audio only experience as well and we just tend to the video too often but brandon has popped onto the screen joined the podcast do you remember where you were brandon when mike riley was was when you found out mike riley was being hired uh yeah i believe i was just
3: at at home um i'm trying to remember I don't think we had an issue going to to print that Sunday, but you know it, it became I was just probably hanging out in my office like like this. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, <laughs> the news came, and I remember talking with our staff and everybody being kind of like, "Huh, okay, um, well, I guess we'll get started on this," and, and so we
0: did. Yeah, Voges, I remember your preview on year one o'Reilly we all motored to Chicago for big ten media days and I think it was at the McCormick and Radio Row was set up really in a in a pretty nice spot as you had to physically walk into a lower level of the hotel so that was cool and, and Wester Camp and Tommy Armstrong were there as, as representatives and, and Grandpa came by with his Worthers and and was nice to sit down with and just just a good dude. Like you can blast the higher, you can blast the record, but he uh, he wasn't a, a pain in the ass at all to to be around or cover. Which who cares? I mean, that's our job. That being said, he uh, I don't know, man. It, it was just different, and there was hope because and and you dove deep into it, man. Uh, with the anatomy of an upset. I remember your feature, your story, uh, Brandon Vogel counter read.com on how Riley had these just giant great whale wins in his career. And Oh, by the way, put together some pretty impressive and improbable runs. Remember talking to John Robinson with the hire. Remember talking to uh, uh, Keyshawn senior. I mean, we we reached out to a lot of folks between print and radio and, it was, all right, this could work. And he even delivered a couple of wow wins while in Lincoln. This isn't the Mike Riley hour, but, you know, that, that, <laughs> that has spawned the where were you when. And it, it's fun and fascinating to kind of revisit that during the offseason. But your story speaks pretty high volumes of, of him getting his team ready for that big moment
3: yeah he did that a couple of times that story specifically i'm forgetting what year it was now but um focused on the the upset of usc and you know there was a lot of kind of source source data out there um about that game and it was it was a pretty interesting look at it you know i remember thinking even then so like the the hire of riley you kind of made sense on paper you dug into it you're like well you you know pretty much a career 500 coach, but that seems pretty good for, for Oregon state. Right. Um, Good enough that he got hired there a second time. And uh, you're like, if you just, you know, if you take Oregon state's natural state, get it to 500. Well, if Nebraska starts out higher than that, uh, you know, that, that was the basic play uh, on paper, I guess. That said, I think looking back at that story now, at Nebraska, the, the expectation is so much higher to start that like you're expected to knock off to USC. You're expected to be, you know, USC. Mm-hmm. So it's just a it's, it's a very different mindset. Um, you know, Mike Riley was kind of the penultimate or not penultimate, the ultimate football football guy. Like it was just kind of about about football for him which is good work if you can get it, I think, you know, even by 2015, 16, that range we were seeing this, the, the CEO coach kind of come more into, into focus. And, you know, I was looking, I was looking back at those years for something else that I wrote this week and really the, the Riley era was you had 2015, which uh, you know, ended up going five and seven, six and seven after backdoor and into a bowl game. That was, wasn't, wasn't quite as bad as it looked the, the next season wasn't quite as good as it looked. In fact, I'll never forget like their, their point totals offense and defense were basically the same in, in 2015 and 2016. It's like the ultimate example of schedule and injury lock, turnovers mm-hmm. lock. Um, and then 2017, this is the thing that jumped out to me. It's like they lost a ton off of that 2016 team. I was going through and looking at it. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, really, Bad. a downturn bad. wasn't yeah w- wasn't unexpected that said four and eight and you know i think some of that got overshadowed by by the tanner lee year of like well maybe this is their kind of guy and uh, but they were just they were they were pretty inexperienced
1: uh, the, so, you, want to, the you want to
0: talk you want to talk about a, just an absolute hype show at quarterback I mean, my God, remember that in Guilty, raising both hands. You know what I remember? I remember Tanner's going to come in and be uh, an NFL gunslinger, Vogue's, and Elijah and Mark. A lot of arm talent.
1: Yeah. I remember throwing pick sixes. A 99-yard pick six against Northern Illinois my freshman year of college. That one was the moment where I went, oh, (laughs) this, (laughs) this is not good.
3: Two pick right. sixes in that game. Yeah, I know uh, the ninety nine yatter.
1: The ninety nine I think on the opening drive is the one that stands out in my memory as being the real gut punch.
2: But the way the ball comes out of his hand, fellas. He went to a Manning Academy, and Manning's liked him because the I mean, ball came lane, out of his hand. Tulane.
0: got a diamond.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you what he did do for Nebraska is he kept their draft streak alive for one year. Look at he was Bo, the only man. guy, only, only guy drafted in twenty eighteen. Um, from that from that
2: 2017 team is there a chance given that nebraska doesn't have anybody at the combine is there a chance that no, nebraska gets no one drafted this year too like could that happen i, don't think I mean they i think get that's no you what what's that chris i don't think they get anybody drafted oh wow I haven't really talked about that have we that'd be what two years in a row right because last year there was Sne- nobody the streak was snapped yeah yeah. so two years in a row nobody drafted which i mean
3: kind of adds up um you know, i mentioned looking back at the, the riley era i was really looking back at since 2009 at nebraska uh i wrote a newsletter yesterday that you can still find at counterread.com, of course about who's, who's nebraska's guy this year you know and, and i kind of i don't know the answer i just kind of opened it up for discussion but in doing so, I went back and and started in two thousand nine because it was easy because it was like Sue it was like there you go that's that's your dude who's just gonna who's just gonna be better than almost anybody other else on the field and he was pretty much better than everybody and then you go down to to Prince Abukamara maybe the next year and you got Randy Gregory and Amir Abdullah and Rex Burkhead in there
4: Move you get on. down uh, to
3: you get down to 19. I mean in twenty seventeen I, I I selected Chris Jones you know. Mm. that's kind of what made me, you know, Chris Jones was a really good player. had a nice, pretty nice run in the NFL, but that's not, you're, you're not talking about in Duncan Sioux at that point. And, no. and Nebraska, you know, had multiple options in those nine, 10, 11, 12 years. In fact, <laughs> that was the other big takeaway. I was like, Nebraska really, and I mean, they played in three conference championship games. You just couldn't, you just couldn't get it done. Um, those teams were talented.
0: Mm. Well, and, and I'll say this, like we, we this somehow got into the Riley, <laughs> the Mike Riley discussion yeah. higher. But think about the the last two decades of changes and why they're made. And you had two or three guys every year. Right. They get developed into or they end up being either on the lines of scrimmage or a linebacker. Somebody's getting drafted. Someone's going to the league. And during the Osborne era, you you just stockpiled. You had a first, second or third round guy. You had his backup two years later (laughs) go, specifically the run of defensive end slash outside linebackers. You were gold for a first round pick for two decades. And you had you know, at least a third round pick, i.e. a Will Shields, Hall of Famer, go on the offensive line. Uh, You fast forward to Callahan, he was brought in to beef up recruiting. Well, he did. I mean, he brought in some really high-level dudes. Bo got a hold of them, developed them, and they were incredible. Between Prince, right, Bill Bush brought in Prince. Sue was John Blake. And then, I believe it was Carl who got Levante, right? And then you look at even the aftermath of that run where you get him, you go get Amir, you go get Randy Gregory, you go get Vincent Valentine, you go get Malik Collins. I mean, those are all second through third round guys. Yeah. And even through the draft streak, it was Kavanaugh that found three of Nebraska's offensive linemen guys that ended up getting drafted. And some of them are still in the league. Who are the South? Who's the South Dakota kid? Forgive Farney me. Farniak, And then Hymas was a fifth round guy for San Diego, but then it just falls off the table.
3: Yeah, it does. Minus, minus Taylor Britt and Juergens in the second yeah. round. Cam like, was yeah. awesome. Yeah. You're yeah. good call. And I mean, and you know, he was committed to Riley for a long time. Taylor Britt was like the biggest, I think recruiting win. Um, in terms of discovering a guy and developing him um, of, of the frost era f- for sure. And I mean, some of those guys are still around, so the book's not entirely written on that, but yeah, I mean, around 20, 2015, I, I selected Malik Collins as, as Nebraska's guy. The next year you got Nathan Gary, good mm-hmm. player, but you know, is he, is he the guy who's like keeping opposing big 10 coaches up at night? Probably not. And then, it it sort of it it tails off from there
1: well a question i think you have to ask yourself in terms of matt rule's rebuild of nebraska is is at what point does matt rule have a potential first round guy that is on his i mean recruiting class i mean yes you have one in the recruiting class and Rylo, a potential first round guy but can you develop those guys that's what he made his money on both baylor and temple was taking guys the the three stars the unheralded guys and turning him into a guy that was a day two draft pick a day one draft pick in the nfl draft and i think that's a question of of health of the nebraska football program of is, at what point do they get a guy that could be first or second round and do they have any on the current roster
3: that yeah i think that's the question um for for 2024 and it's it, they don't you know randy gregory when he arrived at nebraska from from junior college and obviously started his career at purdue like you, you just you could look at him and be like he showed up and you're like if thing if he's as good as advertised he's you know first second third round pick and i think he ended up going a little bit lower than that if i remember but um they don't this nebraska roster i don't think has those those kind of guys where you're just like he comes mm-hmm. in other than maybe a, a, you would expect you mentioned riola Ry- um elijah that's that's correct i mean in terms of a five-star quarterback you've got a pretty high expectation but other than that like they're gonna have to make their second and third round picks um we'll see it's i mean i think they i think they have a good potential i think the trend line is up here but you're still waiting for that kind of development and breakout season for for some guys
2: is there anybody that jumps out right now um because you're right, there, there isn't that can't miss, like Gr- Gregory just had, you know, he was just built like very few people are. He was yeah. His athleticism was off the charts for that size. Like a freak, right? Yeah. It, is, is that sort of what we're talking about, is that Nebraska maybe lacks the freak? <laughs> you know, like Sue was a freak of nature strength-wise, endurance-wise. <clears throat> yeah. um, Nebraska kind of lacks that. Like a lot of good players, but maybe not that. I think
0: you've got freakish strength with the polar bear. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. I'm figured. I'm I'm fired up to see what he can play at at two eighty five, two ninety. His say he stays at his wrestling rate, okay, and has that endurance. Say and and has some help where he's not playing fifty, sixty snaps at nose guard. That's tiring. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I'm excited. I think, you know, Vogue's your, your story counter with Brandon Vogel is going to be about who's the guy, right? And that, that guy translates to a draft pick just to reset it for our friends in the stream. I think um, Nebraska has some guys and I think they've identified some talent. And the thing is, you're going to get that talent developed. You've gotten it developed under, under rule, so even the guys they're recruiting now, we don't know. It, it, they yeah. could start churning out NFL guys, and your two candidates are, are Robinson and uh, Polar Bear.
1: And, and Schmidt, you and I talked off the air after we had Brandon on on Thursday about this mm-hmm. topic, like who are some guys that could have that potential. Because I brought up, you know what, the guy who is the best player on the team at the end of spring football might not be the guy who's the best player on the team come mid-season next year. A couple guys that sprung to mind of being those potential breakout candidates Deshaun Singleton was one that came up he's got he's, NFL, he's money NFL he's a good size player. and athleticism on the back end I think he's got potential there you look at Fedoni or Carter Nelson offensively as being freaks on the offensive side of the mm-hmm. football Dowdell, we haven't seen him in a Husker uniform just yet but he's a guy we saw the high school film his his size to speed ratio is somewhat freakish can he turn it into being a big 10 running back time that remains to be seen, but you have candidates on each side of the ball.
3: I would, I would add Tommy Hill to that list and as well.
1: Let me add one more um, Jalen Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think
3: of those, that group, I would agree with you. I think Robinson and Hutmacher are probably at the top of your list in particular. I think, I think Nash has a chance to play himself way up draft boards this season. Um, you know, Deshaun Singleton, Tommy Hill, very similar long corner. Um, you know, going through, going through some of that draft stuff. Uh, I had kind of forgotten that Stanley Jean Baptiste out of nowhere. I think was second
0: round, around. dude.
3: Second round was he? Second round? I thought it was and third. To but- the to this, uh, you went to the Saints, I think. Yeah. That was a guy who played played like what fourteen games of cornerback
0: in his right. in his
3: career at that point.
0: Son, we we know you have problems with catching the ball consistently, but you're six three and your wingspan is insane, and you can run. Go go change the Ohio State game with an interception. <laughs> no, no, St- Stanley was just a freak. I mean, it was, it was impressive. I'm anxious to see, and this goes back to the, um, the chasing three documentary guys. Not we, we talk about polar bear and, and how driven that dude is. And that's really cool to see what he's doing to see it pay off because yeah. polar bear could have been, you know, what could have been with that those players where the, the Iowa's, the Wisconsin's, the Nebraskas are chasing to, to, to land him. You want to get a South Dakota kid. Frost and his staff put the kitchen sink into that recruitment. And it's it's working out. You've got a season left. But with Ty Robinson, I mean he gets that he's had some splashes and some flashes. He wants to go wreck games now. And if you're patient, by year five, year six, year four. That's when guys build up to to being able to to be have that Sioux senior season, and I think the the, the patience and the watering the developments super key. It, it'd be nice to have a guy kill it in year two, That in reality, on the lines of scrimmage in in the Big Ten,
3: yeah, it's really tough to do in a in a conference like the Big Ten. I mean, in terms of guys that that could develop into those day one day two guys, I would uh. I think Nebraska has one in Princewell as as well. Yeah, um, he's but you know, you're you're in year two, so we'll see. I mean, given how much he played as a true freshman, um, certainly an indicator of his ability and his physical readiness. Uh, that might be a pretty good uh, a pretty good jump candidate in in year two as well.
0: Vogues, uh, before we get you out, how you feeling about Nebraska basketball? Let's go there for just a moment. A uh, Thursday. Missed opportunity, as we talked earlier in the week. Uh, we we know that the opportunity was there for for Nebraska. I just didn't like some of their choices, and and they didn't play with a lack of effort. They didn't give us a Maryland performance, but from just a basketball IQ standpoint, they just they just kind of settled for some. Three point garbage, and I know that's part of their offense, but they just they just didn't have it. They they just reverted back to some old bad habits. Yeah,
3: I mean they they shot pretty well from three um, in in that game. Like, I'd say the first thirty minutes, like you know, I thought it was a pretty encouraging result for Nebraska. You know, they they had a lead in the first half, lost it, but kind of hung around. I think I, I was most disappointed defensively Um, they just couldn't Ohio State you know kind of got that six seven ish point lead there and and Nebraska would trim it to two but when it came time to get a stop they just never quite never quite did it or when they did it it usually it seemed like they pressed a little bit then on the offensive end with the chance to to get even or or take a lead so a little bit just of an uneven performance but it it wasn't one that I, I left that discouraged about so uh you got one more one more home game i think that's that's the one with the team you already lost to 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 kind of let's let's officially punch this ticket even though it won't quite be official i mean nebraska at this point is is in that Mm -hmm. said uh i wouldn't want to end on a three-game losing streak and and test and test (laughs) the uh the the numbers and the models of the uh, with where they have Nebraska at this point.
1: It, it's just amazing that it feels like every single time this team has a chance to put the Husker PTSD to bed, they allow it to come right back to the forefront. Like every single time you have that, like, man, if they get this win, it's the proof that this team things will be okay. Dip, things will be okay. As soon as that game rolls around, Nebraska finds a way to lose it, it feels like.
3: Yeah, I mean, and that's I, – I, <laughs> I think that's kind of their their true state. Like that's the difference between being pretty good and, and really good. And Nebraska's pretty good. And I, you know, I think we'll we'll see, we'll see. Because uh, every game feels a little bit like, are you gonna get, are you gonna get the A game, do you get the B game, the C game, or or something even worse? Um, good teams, really good teams, you, you have a little bit more sense of what you're gonna get.
0: Vogue, let Vokes, let's talk uh, Big Ten expansion. I assume that the league will get to, to 20 or 24 here by the time this 14 team is settled, and maybe that 14 turns into 16. Who knows? But the NFL model is the blueprint they seem to be following with uh, uh, four divisions in the Big Ten. You've got your conference semis for the right to go on to the Super Bowl, your AFC, NFC, between two of your divisions, who do you add? I know you're the guy that, that fights for the G5 schools. You're also very um, practical knowing that things are, are, are headed this way. So give me some, some additions you'd like, or fits you think could be a reality, and you can go G5, you can go big 12. You can even go ACC. I don't think the the Big Ten and the SEC will allow one another to try and, and, and have uh, a poaching contest for one true conference power. I think they'll work together. A&M's kind of the wild card based on the the BS smoke earlier this week about them wanting out.
3: <laughs> So that's what the Big Ten SEC partnership is about. They're just going to trade schools.
0: They're like We'll give you a Texas A&M and a Missouri. Um, They're and, the neighborhood swingers in college football. Oh. Right <laughs>
3: I mean, if, if you're like, – I know that Texas A&M really hates Texas, but can you really flee the Longhorns again <laughs> and, and have any pride left? Like, seriously. Um I, I know you enjoyed your time. You're like, hey, look at us. We made it to the SEC. Enjoy your Big 12, Texas. And, well, the SEC is like, yeah, they're still Texas.
0: So we'll take that. And, we just went to the football playoff, and now we're coming to your neighborhood. Yep.
3: Sorry <laughs> sorry if that, if that sucks for you, but it, it is what it is. I definitely wouldn't jump to the Big 10. I mean, I had this penciled out a couple of weeks ago, and now I've forgotten. Like, obviously, you take Notre Dame if you can get them, um, which – Good luck with that. I guess like if, if if Notre Dame hasn't jumped at this point, like they're basically gonna have to be forced to uh, before they do it voluntarily. And I don't know what that what that takes. Um, does <laughs> in our in our new it's gotta NFL, be playoff
0: path, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, NFL light future. Like, does does academic prestige still matter to the to the Big Ten? Like,
0: yeah, A- 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 you
3: will. Does like so. I mean, I think the Big Ten, and I think it actually would be an interesting fit. Like, I think the Big Ten would love to have Virginia. Um, We know, like, back when Rutgers, Maryland happened, there was some interesting in Georgia Tech. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's Big 12 teams that that make a ton of sense. other than I'd love
0: Colorado and Kansas. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean,
3: eventually, at this point, like, I've, I've given up hope that this isn't, this isn't coming. So now I think I'm just like, can we just get big enough to the point where effectively the big 10 has to have a big eight division? Like that's what I'm thinking. Let's just do that. <laughs> so I don't know this 14 team playoff thing, like the initial report came from ESPN, uh, Heather Denich and, and Pete Tamil are both very good, well-sourced reporters. That said ESPN has the biggest stake in this future playoff. They've already agreed to televise it through 2026 for almost $8 billion. So Jeez. the news that, that they're considering this, it was a test balloon. It was like, let's, let's get this out and we'll see how people react to it. Probably going to do it anyway, but let's at least see uh, how people feel about this. So and I don't feel give, great about it, but I don't matter.
0: Well, you you always matter folks, but no, if you, if you're going to have this big 10, Midwest Division, give me Iowa, give me Kansas, give me Colorado. Uh, Help me keep counting, fellas. Here, do you want Wisconsin? Do you want Minnesota? Yeah, in the division. Yeah, Yeah. north Northwestern. You go six for you have your your twenty four team league. Hmm. That'd be fun. Well, and if you're gonna, you know, and then you're gonna be able to play. Your West Coast schools, you'll still get a game with Oregon, you'll still get Penn State, you'll still get Ohio State. Here's
1: the question I think, honestly, it makes more sense both geographically, and Nebraska is not really a traditional rivalry with anybody that you laid out aside from Iowa to, to put Nebraska in a potential West Coast division. I think it might make a little bit more sense. But, well, give me, yeah, put them in the
0: West Coast, but give me, if you get Notre Dame and give me Kansas, give me
1: Colorado. I mean, that'd be kick ass every year. Like, USC, UCLA, Nebraska, Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame makes sense as a division in my book. Whoa,
2: whoa, that that came out of nowhere, th- kind th- of Elijah. Th- th- what th- are you th- talking about? You get- like we're we're over here talking about Kansas and Wisconsin and Minnesota, and then you go UCLA, USC. That
1: that, that I mean, as, is,
0: as it currently stands. That is, and, Ga- and Gary joins all of a sudden. G- Gary's reaching for box. the wild. He's reaching for the wild oh. turkey already. I mean, c- compared G- to everybody Gary else in the Big Ten. For-
2: Hold on real quick for folks yeah. that can't see it right now. They're on the, on the stream, Gary joins. And within the first second or two, just shaking his head right away at Elijah's suggestion.
1: I would just like to say, let I me mean, com- tell you something compared to everybody else in the big 10, Nebraska has more history with schools like USC, UCLA, Washington, maybe not Oregon, but you can throw Oregon in there as well. I, I think that in terms of the helmet matchups, you'd get through Nebraska in a West coast division, the travel would suck. And I'm not sure Husker fans would love it, but it's about TV ratings at the end of the day. And I think Nebraska makes sense from that perspective. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just the, the guy shouting at the clouds here, but I think it'd be fun.
2: Yeah. I mean, we don't coast, right? That's, that's,
1: (laughs) I promise there's no whiskey in
2: my coffee this morning. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Fair enough. Fair enough. So divisions wise, Gary, um, that's what we're talking about is, you know, the super, the super leagues, get together, now we break into divisions. who's in Nebraska's division? And are we going three, eight teamers
4: are we going four six teamers?
1: four six teamers?
4: I think you got to go four six teamers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean when the when the SEC and the big Ten are together and they've merged because it's all about generating revenue for their schools, uh, I think you have to go four uh, six team divisions. I think that'd be the way to go.
2: I think you go three eight-teamers just to make it really weird when it comes, like, championship time. And people are like, well, which one? Which division? It'll be a lot of fun. Just
1: a thought. A three-team Big Ten playoff. Huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just why not? Gary, you're muted. We
4: lost Gary. We all love the game of college football, but God dang, we do a terrible job in the offseason with college football. Yeah? How so? What do you mean? Well, I mean, is this fun? Talking about the division? Expansion. Expansion we, we, we like 12. Now, you know this, Mark, because you've been told this before in your business, in your personal life, bigger is not always better. Okay? <laughs> so sometimes when you get to 12, why do you got to expand to 14? I mean, I know where we're going here. Yeah. The, the SEC and the Big Ten, again, they want to generate as much revenue for their schools as possible, and they're going to find every avenue to do that. I mean, you can't blame them because that's, at the end of the day, that's what they're in for. But there's some point where, and, and, and Brandon and I have talked about this on my show, there's some point where the college football's fan says enough is enough. Even if we get these great matchups and the two best leagues that have the two, uh, the, the teams that have the most money, at some point we say enough is enough, and then the bottom falls out. But as long as the TV companies are on board with it and they're like, oh, yeah, Big Ten, SEC, I want more and more. The rest of college football is screwed, in my opinion. At some
0: point, you jump the shark. You, you get – you at some point, you screw it up, you keep tweaking. You need to let it rest and, and just let it play out. Vogues, you're uh, awesome for giving us some overtime. What's coming up with counter-reed? I love your uh, your story on who's the guy uh, with when it comes to Nebraska football in reference to you know the next draft pick, well-played. Tell folks how to subscribe and what you do with counter Yeah.
3: You can find us at counter com and sign up there. There's a free subscription option or a paid subscription option. Uh, paid subscribers get two two exclusive newsletters a week. Uh, that's for myself and Aaron Sorensen and, after asking the question um, and thank you guys for jumping in discussion uh, of who's the guy probably got to answer that next week. So <laughs> do that. And uh, I think, uh, I think we'll probably dip back in with, with basketball a little bit later in the week.
0: No, that'll be fun. Folks have a good weekend. All right, bud. All right. Thanks guys. There he is. All right. Brandon Vogel with this counter read Sharpie. It was awesome to see you last Sunday, man, uh, in front of uh, uh, Nebraska. As uh, they got rolling. And uh, put another, well, kind of a ho-hum butt-kicking together. And then you and I were both just kind of looking at each other going, you know, yeah. Ohio State isn't going to be a lot of fun this week. And it ended up not being. But things still look pretty
4: bright for Husker basketball. Yeah, you know what? There's actually, uh, I think Lenardi moved Nebraska up. Yeah, to an eight seed. Yeah, you know, as long as, uh, if, if if Nebraska is an eight and nine, they're not coming to Omaha. Uh, they'd have to be a seven, you know, they have to be in that seven and ten, ten game. Um, you know what? Thursday night didn't surprise me. Ohio state is playing with a sense of desperation. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nebraska was due for one of those games where everything didn't come together in this four game stretch in which they had won. You know, you're just hoping that you could find a way at the end to win and you battled some things that were out of your control, but, um, it's not like a dinged them. You know, I think Ohio state's, they've got a new life to them. And all of a sudden they're thinking, man, how can we get ourselves into the conversation? We got to beat Nebraska. And kudos to them. They played really well. It wasn't something that we went, "Uh uh-oh, Nebraska's in trouble, because tomorrow it'll be 70 degrees. The building will be packed. It'll be senior day. Is Nebraska really losing in the last home game for Tominaga?
0: I I don't think so. I I mean, I – Worst fear in case scenario for maybe many, many scarred Nebraska basketball fans. Yeah, they're sweating a little bit
4: just because this team's. Or oh, that's what you do as a Nebraska basketball fan.
0: Yeah, the team terrorizes you, unfortunately. But no, they're going to be, people are going to be throwing beers in the rail yard. And then they're going to get the PBA, <laughs> and it's going to be ruckus. It'll be good. And you owe Rutgers, quite honestly. You should have pounded him the first time, went to overtime.
4: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think here, here's the thing, though, about Nebraska, and, and I've said for a while, they're in the tournament. They can only play themselves out. I don't think the Big Ten tournament what Nebraska does has much bearing on their seed in the NCAA tournament two weeks from tomorrow. So they have two games to take care of business and just leave that kind of lasting impression. Now, nobody nobody wants Nebraska to go one and done in Minneapolis, but mm-hmm. we have seen the committee, unless you are one of those teams that makes a run and like a Penn State, they really don't put a lot of stock into the, your conference tournament. So you have two opportunities to say, hey, this is who we are. And I think Nebraska's resume is solid enough that they're looking – they, they feel like an eight or nine seed right now.
1: Well, without going conspiracy theory with what happened on Thursday night, a team that could have a lot of implications in the Big Ten tournament could be Ohio State, right, with how hot they've been at the yeah. end of the year.
4: Yeah, and they would be one of those teams that the committee looks at and goes, okay, but I think Ohio State would have to be a team that would have to win the tournament mm-hmm. to get in. Um, but you know, I mean, the Ohio state, Ohio state is, they've got good talent. They finally have, they finally, their talent has matched the level of their play and their talent have matched and whatever the disconnect was between Holtman and his roster, you know, Gene Smith said, man, we got to make a hard decision. And it looks like Jake Deebler as the interim, they're playing a lot more guys off the bench. They have a lot more energy and they're winning. I mean, when you're not winning and you're at a place like Ohio state, that's been used to winning. Man, that's tough to go to work every day. And so they got the spark that they wanted. I'll be curious to see how they do here to finish up. But you know what? They played well the other night. I mean, it's not like Nebraska played poorly. There were stretches where they just disappeared. That was just a game of a, a team in late February with desperation. And, you know, you, you weren't able to match, you know, certain elements of that. It's kind of like what Minnesota said about when they got beat by Nebraska in that game that Schmidt just referenced last weekend.
2: Yeah, and well, let's let's look tomorrow, too, with Rutgers, where if you look at the Ohio State game, you had Lawrence that shot well. Nobody else did. I mean, the chances of – because you basically have, what, five guys, six guys on this roster that you could say are scoring types. And the yeah. chances of all of them having a tough shooting night, like even Gary going 3 of 12, like yeah. that's unlikely. That's unlikely. That alone – if you get just two of your guys that are that are hitting like they should, usually Nebraska wins and seventeen and one at home. I mean, come on, Nebraska is one of the best home teams in America. Um, tomorrow should work out pretty well. Yeah, and home. I think
4: you know, I think here, here's the one thing I like, Fred, and I've said this for a long time, guys. Fred is really connected with this team, and I think Fred is doing everything possible to push this team over the finish line and get them in the NCAA tournament. And then once you get there, you have no idea what's going to happen because it's all about matchups. Um, but you know, he, he was spot on. They didn't have the same kind of passion defensively that they've had during this four game winning streak Mm -hmm. when really it's been their defense that has, has carried them and allowed them to be a team of five, six guys contributing on offense. So I I think he'll get the intended result of what he said after the game. I mean, it was no, no surprise to any of us that Nebraska just didn't have the same edge they had defensively. Um, so I I mean, I I think they're going to be fine tomorrow. It'll, it'll be one of those games where Rutgers will come in here and try and beat you up and, Nebraska has been re- able to respond better this year. Don't you think, guys, to teams that try that against them and then in the past?
0: I do. They got sick of it, and they got challenged. And it goes back to their practice prep where Fred kind of beat the hell out of them after he called them soft. He called them soft soft a couple of instances, and they uh, they they responded the right way. They've not been uber consistent, but they have been – more willing to to do the little things and be a little more grittier in the paint. And they've had to because they have the talent. I mean, they're fun. They've got a whole, got to cast characters. And this is a team you'll remember, hopefully positively, if you're a Nebraska basketball fan. But they've got all sorts of of uh, of, of characters here that someone steps up every every ball game. You've got your yep. your old favorites. So, I don't know, uh, Sharpie. You've you've covered NCAA tournament games when they've come to Omaha, and you know who's who's the draw this year. Is it going to be Kansas? Does does Ames come west? I mean, Iowa State's played great basketball. If you're if you're uh, drafting, who gets to come to to Omaha here? Who do you think would just uh,
4: absolutely eat, drink, and be merry <laughs>
0: for the week for the
4: weekend? I think it's uh, debt taxes, and when Omaha is hosting the first and second round, KU is coming here. Okay, and, period. Okay, yeah, You know, and even, even uh, losing like they did against BYU, and they got Baylor today. I think Kansas metrics, and I know you guys have all bashed your head about trying to figure out the metrics of college basketball seating. Um, the metrics are still good. KU is probably still going to be here. I will tell you, Iowa State's got a great shot to be here. And then the other thing, watch today. So Marquette may have a chance to be here as well if they beat Creighton and they stay ahead of Creighton. Um, those would be three teams I'd look for. But it, KU and Iowa State more than likely are going to be in Omaha. And it'll be, it'll be crazy. Be That's why, you know, I, again, I, the, if Nebraska stays in the 8-9 game, they're not coming to Omaha because we, don't ha, we won't have a number one seed here. But if they fall to that 10 seed, there's still the possibility they could be opposite of a KU playing in Omaha.
2: Oh, geez. Hmm. And yeah, the NCAA that'd be a, party. Does, that'd be a they, party. They do consider sort of like lo- regional location more yes. now than they yeah. used to. They used yeah. to, it was just total scattershot, didn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, but in this case, if Nebraska is in that seven or that 10,
4: they would really consider it, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah. And, 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 you know, Nebraska can play in Omaha. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's mixed when you talk to people of, man, would you want Nebraska playing that close to home? Um, you know, it'd be a CF. It'd be, a, it'd be a difficult ticket to get, especially with Iowa State and KU fans here. Or would you like Nebraska to get away and go somewhere and, you know, play, you know, a neutral site game? But there is there is precedence. Like last year, Birmingham had a regional and Auburn got sent there and Auburn ended up playing Iowa. So it felt like an Auburn home game and Iowa was very aware of that. Hmm. That made me sad. Well, anyway, hey, I'll tell you, if Nebraska, if Nebraska somehow – Uh, ended up in Omaha it'd be it'd be a circus here it'd be an absolute circus of fans that would be here and then Nebraska trying to get their first you know NCAA tournament win and they would do it on Creighton's home court
1: well dare I say you you look at it as well as as it stands we laid out the ESPN bracketology with Lenardi he's got Nebraska currently playing in Memphis against Mississippi State in the first round shout out to my buddy Will he's out in Memphis he thinks that's great It's a
0: freaking road game. I mean, obviously, it's a
1: road game. But Memphis is drivable. uh, Well,
0: Memphis is super drivable for those in Starkville. Uh, Yeah.
1: Memphis isn't actually a bad – you get to drive through the Ozarks. You get to go through this scary place, Ravenden, I think it's Missouri. It could be Arkansas. It's right on the border. One of the scariest (laughs) places I've ever been through. It's like this sleepy town that, like, you see Ned Beatty or something. I mean, no, why no, is no, it no, scary? no, It feels like a horror story because what they have in the middle of their town is this giant statue of a raven, and it's the creepiest statue you've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's got red eyes. I can pull up a picture. You have to drive through it on your way You're to dead. to Memphis, and don't recommend it. There's a big sign when you enter town that, like, all. Uh, all drug smugglers will be prosecuted under the highest offense of the law. Like it is very much like one of those towns that you think there's a horror story set in. But anyway, mm. I digress. <laughs> you compare is Memphis barbecue overrated?
4: I mean, uh, it's so it's okay. You know, I, I've I've been to Memphis a couple of times. Nice city. Uh, the music scene is really good. Beale, Beale Street is nice. Mm-hmm. They have uh, where the FedEx Forum is, where the Grizzlies play and Memphis Tigers play. Is uh, right across the street, essentially from the minor league baseball stadium. Uh, nice little area, uh, you know. The Liberty Bowl—they've done a lot with uh, it's okay. I mean, it's—I—I uh, I wouldn't put it at the top of my list of regional barbecue. Okay. Hmm. But you can go see to the, you can go to the uh, uh, hotel, the uh, the hotel right there downtown in Memphis, and it's they Peabody, they, yeah, the Peabody, and they parade the ducks through, like at four in the afternoon. But what happens there? I'm, I'm trying to. So they have these famous ducks at this hotel that swim in the little pool. Yeah. And so they have a parade of the ducks like in the afternoon. Okay. So for okay. everybody that wants to go to Memphis to watch Nebraska play, that's one thing to put on your list. <laughs> <So> you can <laughs> see the perfect. ducks.
1: You can see the raven in Ravenden. It is oh, Arkansas. <laughs> it is in Arkansas. It is a creepy, creepy statue. <laughs> All that's missing
0: is the stars and bars behind that uh you know, I mean, what what a what a shot. Wait, wait, b- a,
1: back to my point though. I, I didn't finish my point. You look at the Memphis draw where it's first round Mississippi State and then potential second round matchup with Houston which would be fun but a tough draw. You uh, you compare that to Omaha where if you're the 10 seed you take on as it stands right now Utah State followed up with if you can win that one a likely second round matchup against Iowa State, everything about Omaha seems to be more appealing than going to Memphis. From the first no, round matchup time. to the location to the second round matchup Everything about Omaha, you go, that looks like a much better situation for Nebraska. Yeah,
4: I'm going to be Debbie Downer here. I'm, just, I'm still on March 2nd going to be the person that it's just something that Nebraska's in the NCAA tournament in a year in which they were preseason 12th. Yeah. And then wherever they go, that's perfectly fine. And then after no. that, you're kind of playing with house money of never won a game before. That'll be a storyline. I think the national people will love Tominaga and that storyline. Really good story in the Washington post yesterday. Um, you know, after once you're in and once two weeks from tomorrow, they announce your name. Now it's house money for Nebraska. It's like, you know what? We haven't won a game, but we've had this kind of year. Let's keep it rolling and see what happens. Um, I'd love to have him in Omaha. You yeah, have the convenience, but I also know what a CF it would be in Omaha. Well, Walter has been tossed out of four bars on Beale street
0: uh, and, uh, our dear friend uh, NASCAR, Eric says, those are rookie numbers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric fear. Uh, those are, that's pretty funny. Uh, Sharpie will wind it down and want to get your take on Husker baseball. I know they got the middle finger from mother nature, but pretty nice work at least to come back and get it handled Thursday, uh, that, yeah. that four run ninth for Nebraska baseball and then to, to Hold it down and get win one of the series. We'll see if they get to go today. I know there's weather still in the area. Yesterday's game is canceled in this series. But College of
4: Charleston, no joke, and good for Nebraska. Yeah, you know what? They played a good schedule. I, I tell you, it was impressive what they did in Phoenix last week, uh, especially on that Sunday getaway day where they were up 8-1. And then the next thing you know, it's 8-8 and Grand Canyon, which loved to run their mouth the entire series. You know, guy gets tossed for flipping his bat and, um, you know, they, they find a way then to score two runs to win. I, I, they, they're finding ways to win. They're an interesting team. Like, Augie Garrido would be a big fan of Nebraska baseball. They like to they like to run the base as well. They uh, they like to bunt. Um, they play station to station. And the other thing, man, Rob Childress is worth every cent. Now, they, they're still trying to figure some things out in the bullpen, but guys that struggled – don't usually stack bad performances, like Worthley, um, Timmerman. They bounce back the next outing. And then the biggest project is Drew Christo. I think by the time Nebraska gets to Big Ten play, Drew Christo will have a spot in the weekend rotation, and that has Rob Childers written all over it. That's
2: impressive. You know, and, and- what's interesting about some so, so some of his numbers, by the way, Christo, um, the fact that he has not it, – like it wasn't a dominant – strikeout performance and that's yep. the that's the guy that came to nebraska was just a power pitcher you know double digit strikeout per game kind of guy um you know he went six and two thirds only struck out two and was still pretty effective yep um so that does kind of show i think to your point gary like he's starting to understand the finer points of pitching and make it a little bit simpler learn about location a little bit more um no you make impressive
4: mark you pretty make impressive a great point I, i'm not I, sure he was a guy you were counting on um, I think they were counting on him because you, if you go back to the first time they met with the media, they rolled Drew out there and he's front and center That's and, true. You're, th- and yep. you're thinking, okay, here's the Friday right. night guy. Right. And then this is the accountability that if you're pitching for Rob Childress, you got to throw strikes. Okay. If you're not throwing strikes and you're walking guys and you're messing around on the mound, you're, you're not for him. So they took him out of the opening rotation on the opening weekend because he had struggled in a couple of weeks leading up to their opener and they said, you know what? We'll let you get right out of the bullpen. Well, he did what was asked of him. And now he's gotten back-to-back starts. And, and one thing you brought up that I think is spot on, Mark, is he's understanding how to pitch. You know, he had a big boy arm at Elkhorn, okay? He could just blow it by oh, yeah. everybody. And then he would drop a 12-6 curveball on you. And, and, and guys in Class B in Nebraska were like, whoa. Well, he tried the same thing when he got to Nebraska, and he's had to learn how to pitch, And I think that's where Rob has come into play here is, okay, we're going to get confidence back in three pitches for you, and we're going to get most confidence in your fastball, but we're going to teach you how to pitch, how to pitch backwards, how to approach hitters, how to understand an entire count, what you're supposed to do, how to work with your catcher, how to understand the scouting reports. And I think they've they've moved him along to the point where you can rely on him now. And that's really a testament to Drew, but also kind of as Rob approaches his pitchers, He's competitive, man, and he's got standards. And if you don't live up to those standards, you're not going to stay in a game and you're not going to stay in a rotation. So look at guys as the season goes along that make that jump that you go, boy, where did he come from? Yeah. And also, guys, and I want another thing, like I I was just alluding to, there aren't guys that are stacking bad-to-bad, bad, bad bad Mm -hmm. performances. You'll have a bad outing. You'll give up a big, you'll get dinged a little bit. But it seems like the next time you go out there, and it's not like they put you on a milk carton, they put you right back out there, and you perform well, like a Kyle Perry last weekend.
2: Well, and Gary, I th- what's interesting, too, is when we say, hey, Rob Childress wants you to throw strikes. Like, on its surface, to maybe somebody that doesn't follow baseball a lot, you're like, well, doesn't every pitching coach want yeah. them to throw strikes? Right? But um, can we maybe get into h- how it's different just in terms of – it just feels like he, Childress wants them to be super aggressive, almost risky – where it's just like, no, 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 we are pumping strikes. Yes, that means you might get teed off on, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but, but it's like his overall philosophy is like walks will kill you. Things like yeah. that will just absolutely kill you. You challenge the
4: hitters every time. We're not pitching around anybody. Yep. No, that's, his, that's been his philosophy from the time I met him in 1998 is you're going to throw strikes and, and you are going to get hit not everybody has stuff that you're going to miss a lot of bats, but we would like you to miss bats. Um, but if you're going to make contact, understand you've got, you got seven guys behind you that can help you. Okay. You don't have to do all the work. And so it's kind of like the pitching one hundred and one that Rob teaches these guys. And some guys needed that. Some guys are a little bit further along. Um, but I also think he likes to have depth, whether it be rotation or in the bullpen. And he's not afraid to use and mix and match guys. And I think that'll bode well as you get into the heart of the season on Big Ten weekends, but also the area where Nebraska struggled last year, and that was on, on the midweek. You know, The midweek essentially kept them out of the NCAA tournament, among a, couple of, you know, among a couple of other things. So I think Crystal will find his way into the rotation on the Big Ten weekend, and maybe you let a guy like Caleb Clark go and be your Tuesday night guy, where he can settle in there and get some confidence, and if you need him back on the weekend, you can use him later in the season.
0: Sharpie, what's uh, the weekend look like for you before we say goodbye?
4: Uh, lots of tanning. I'll probably be shirtless at some point today and tomorrow. Um, I might be. You are helicopter- going to soak up the seventy-five yeah, uh, degree might, day. Might be helicoptering at uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Pause. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Pause. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? No. Like, hey, with, with, it's- with your with your shirt, right? Yes. 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 Wow. Yes. Yes. Ah, <laughs> ah, ah. That, that was yeah, the confusion. Yeah. Uh, all about basketball, man. This is. This is great, you know, Leon you know, last year Nebraska was kind of making that run but they were 500 and they really were in no brackets. This is fun, embrace this. This is awesome. Tomorrow's the last home game. It's the last time for Tomanaga, which, you know, it seems like his career just flew by. Yeah, uh, it did. You know, the parents will be in town. So, lots of basketball this weekend and, you know, you you sit back and you think, all right, Nebraska 2 weeks from tomorrow is going to get announced in the NCAA tournament since Danny knee got fired, they've only been in the tournament one time. And this year of all years where they were preseason 12th and you were like, Oh, no greasel, no Walker. Uh, Here comes mass. Here comes Williams. Who are these guys? Um, What's going to happen, man. Kudos to Fred Hoiberg, who is the coach of the year in the big Ten, that he has pushed this team towards two weeks from now, getting what they, everybody wants. And that's a trip to the NCAA tournament. So I hope tomorrow it'll be packed in there. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, it's a great home court advantage, but, to finish what eighteen and one at home, that's impressive. Dang.
1: Well, Gary, yeah. without asking you the question directly, is it okay to start talking about what a successful postseason looks like, or is that a conversation for next week? Once you look at what happens against no, or- I, you
4: know what I think that's fair because um, I got into this debate midweek. If if the season ended today and they said, you know what, we we don't we CBS ran out of money, they can't pay anybody, so we're not going to do March Madness. Is this a successful season for Nebraska? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, yeah.
4: They, they've, they've
0: drilled some big dogs. I mean, and they don't look – they weren't fluke wins. They, 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 they no. had a massive comeback, and then they, they beat the number one – at one time, number one seed by 16. They're, and they've drilled a lot of teams. They've, they've gone from down three or five points to flipping a switch – Guys and, and yeah. win by 10, 12, 15 points against some, some nice opponents. And they've gotten in their own way. They, I mean, they've, they've contributed to their road loss. It's not like they've gotten housed by everybody on the road. They've screwed up their road opportunity. They, they could have yeah. three or four more road wins. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll keep it very simple here. The, the discussion wasn't successful. The whole point of watching sports is having fun. Yeah, Like, like <laughs> to, to, to boil it They've down simply, did you have fun watching this Husker basketball team? Did you have fun storming the court twice at Pinnacle Bank Arena this year, which not many teams get to do ever have two court stormings in one season? Did you have fun? I think Husker Nation will almost universally say, yes, I had fun watching this team. It wasn't always the best results, but... Week in, week out, they kept me glued to my television and I had fun watching it. And that's about the only barometer for success that you need with this season based on how the past four have gone.
4: Yeah, and I think I hope, hopefully this season has done one other thing. And it's tough being a Nebraska basketball fan, man. They take you through the roller coaster. You don't really get your return on investment very many times. You can remember the exact moments when you had the most fun time where there'd be no sit Saturday or some of the games this year. I hopefully this year with Nebraska basketball, we have eliminated the mentality of football and scheduling that every single game is just like, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. That's what I'm cautioning yeah. against about Ohio State on Thursday night. They mm-hmm. got beat, okay? It didn't knock them out of the tournament. They got beat by a team that was playing with desperation, and Nebraska did a couple of things that, you know, they, they, weren't, able to, they weren't able to win the game. But I have no fear that that's going to linger into Sunday. So hopefully people have looked at this season as a basketball season, that it's a marathon and not in football where it's essentially a sprint. But you're right, Elijah. It's been fun this year. I mean, there's going to be a lot of memories out of this. And you, you, you hope it just keeps rolling. And when you get to the NCAA tournament, you look at that matchup and you go, man, could this be the year with how they, this team is set up where they don't need one guy to be a star every single night? Is this the year they break through and get off that list of teams that have never won an NCAA tournament game? <laughs>
2: Please. The only Power Five that has
4: not. The
2: only. Mm-hmm. Get on see.
0: that, get on that bandwagon, national media, just like you did with Northwestern a few years back.
4: Hey, I, hey they'll be, they'll be a popular team. You got mm-hmm. Fred as their coach, and 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 Nebraska not winning a game will be a storyline, but also Tominaga. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not all into the committee believes in storylines. Sometimes they do in matchups, but like Nebraska will be a good national story for people to cover. Um, to like, oh my gosh, here comes Nebraska basketball. Guys, they were 12th in the preseason. Two years ago was about as, as, as rock bottom as it could be, and you are like, well, Hoiberg's not going to last. He has a meeting with his AD, has a plan that he presents, and two years later, he's knocking on the door going to the NCAA tournament. It's a hell of a story, and kudos to Fred for doing that and for Trev to have some patience and to sit down and go, okay, let's look at what we're doing wrong. And those two got on the same page. And it's going to come to fruition, I think, two weeks from tomorrow.
0: Pretty awesome. Sharpie, have yourself a weekend, brother. We'll hope to
4: bump into you tomorrow. Guys, be good. Always great to uh, listen to you uh, and enjoy uh, the week. Two weeks from tomorrow. All right. We'll, Dude, uh, we'll
0: be at Sharpie's with uh, wings and beer. It'll be good. Two weeks from tomorrow, we'll be sending
1: you the Hale Varsity Radio Bracket Challenge. We're going to start promoting that now. It's going to be out there for the Hale Varsity Radio fans, for Sharpie. Mm, We're going to have go. that created. And for everyone who loves Hale Varsity Radio or is involved with Hale Varsity Radio, we'll have a chance to compete in a bracket challenge, playing for pride. Maybe a Hale Varsity Radio T-shirt. More information on that. I think follow. you. I think
0: we. I think we throw in. I think we throw in the mug.
2: Show them, show them. the mug. I think the mug needs to be up there. Look at these fabulous prizes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's good. Like it's, it. a, it's a Texas Longhorn logo upside down, folks. And it's been folks used as a
0: spitter before.
2: Yeah. Good.
4: I, so it's I a, think... a game-used mug. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have also yeah. been pushing for—we've been talking about the Hale Varsity Radio mug for a while, pushing for that to become available here at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I have, to... have the beer glass. I don't have the mug. Well, I'm going mm. to tr- I'm, I'm make some things—I'm a guy that can make things happen, Schmidty. I'm going to try to make mm-hmm. this happen. I'm going to try to make some T-shirts happen, so be on the you lookout are thrift, for that. You are thrift-stored today, aren't you? <laughs> I was actually going to go to Kohl's probably but no <laughs> have
2: fun with that. I heard they're having a sale by the way. They always, uh, yeah. They yeah. always
0: uh-huh. are. <laughs>
4: hey, make sure Elijah you get that-
0: walks in. I've got my special coin. I'm going to start. Hey, scratching.
4: Make, make sure you get that Coles cash there. Elijah. Oh, Is yeah. that, how, What's the exchange
1: rate with Coles cash and fleck coins. Does anyone yeah. know? I, I got plenty of fleck coins. I'm not sure I have any Coles cash. I need to hit the exchange <laughs> <My> counter. Wow. <God. laughs> <My God. laughs>
0: Well, on, on that note, everyone right. behave and be
4: safe. You need bail money. Give us a shot. Take care. All right. Hey, enjoy. Right. Uh, if you're watching uh, state basketball today, uh, the the finish of a hell of a four-year career for Britt Prince before uh, she leaves yes. off to Nebraska.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, Britt's Brit's, Brit's, uh, incredible. You got a chance to see her take over uh, in that uh, game against Beatrice yesterday. Uh, triple-double hit every big shot, got her teammates involved. Beatrice played well. I was super impressed by Beatrice. But no, Britt. And then we did the Kennedy-Williams game last night with Southwest. She's going to be good. She's she's awesome. Yep. No, both of them. That's big. So, Sharpie, be good. Cranach, love you. Uh, Elijah, take care. And we'll be back at you on Monday.